Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. Really glad that you are joining us. And today I'm joined by uh, two great guests. Uh, really cool to have this conversation with them because I've tracked a little bit with their journeys over the years that I've uh, seen them, whether it be on social media and, and otherwise, because both of these individuals I've recently become friends with, uh, but I, you know, Social media gets you connected with people uh, before you get to meet them sometimes, and and I think that's really cool, right? It gives it gives some context to relationships. Uh, so uh, really excited to have both of you on. Let's go ahead and start with introductions. Uh, Richie, let's start with you. Sure, Richie Halverson. I pastor in Cleveland, Tennessee. Just recently moved here about four or five months ago, and a family of four kids and and my lovely wife. Awesome, very cool. And Rachel, what about you? Hi, I'm Rachel Beaver. I'm a PR student here at Southern. Uh, I work in marketing and university relations as a writer, and I am a member of Bowman Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church, where Pastor Richie pastors. Oh, I had no idea that was yeah. a thing. Really? That's mm-hmm. so cool. Isn't that fun? Uh, this Represent is great. Bowman Hill this with is, you today. Amen. I think this is the first <laughs> time uh, that we've had... Uh, the pastor and the layperson uh, from the same church. Uh, this is really cool. Uh, I don't know why we haven't done that before other than I'm terrible at this. So I'm really <laughs> glad that this is happening. Uh, also, no pressure. So uh, uh, this is going to be really cool. So today we're talking um, about what makes you a Seventh-day Adventist. And I think uh, there there are so many different factors that go into this. And I think there are people that leave the faith because of certain things, uh, because of, uh, in other words, they've put their identity as a Seventh-day Adventist in different things, whether it be certain beliefs, whether it be other people, whether it be certain behaviors of Christians or Adventists, right? So I want to talk today about what, what makes you a Seventh-day Adventist specifically, right? So so why are you? Why did you decide to, to join this faith or to uh, continue in this faith, if, like if you're like me and was raised in it? Um, or uh, you know, in general, what makes a person a Seventh-day Adventist? At what point can I call myself a Seventh-day Adventist? And at what point should I stop calling myself a Seventh-day Adventist? So um, those are kind of some of the questions that we're going to dive into today. And so let's start with, uh, with how did you decide to become a Seventh-day Adventist? Well, I um, was raised Seventh-day Adventist, so I was, I was born into it. So originally I didn't get a get a, a, a opportunity to choose, but I was raised into it. Um, it coming into high school, and after I graduated high school, I, I left it for, for quite a while. I kind of went on a one of these um, uh, cliche, uh, uh, stereotypical journeys to find myself, and mm. uh, went and, and you know, really kind of evaluated a lot of different religions, and over the course of several years, just ended up back where I started, and so... And, and now I'm in it because of the decision of, of uh, you know, it's important to me. Uh, for me, I'm an Adventist because I've found no other place that, that follows, I believe, the Bible like, like the Adventist church does. doesn't mean we do everything right, by no means. But because of, of uh, many of the teachings of the church, um, that, that is why, you know, I'm an Adventist. 
Great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that journey. And, and I'm familiar with that, with that cliche uh, journey for sure. I think cliche things are cliche for a reason. And that's because they're so relatable and uh, it doesn't take any meaning from them. If, if anything, I think it, cliche things bring us together. Uh, so yeah, thank you for sharing. And Rachel, what about you? I was definitely not born and raised an Adventist. I am um, coming up on three years would be the first time that I stepped foot into an Adventist oh, wow. church. Uh, so when I was, it was a very rough transition for me. And it was kind of a time when I hadn't, I hadn't been in church for several years. I'd kind of church hopped here and there, but I came from a bad church situation elsewhere. Um, so I came in, I was very cautious, but um, kind of like Richie was saying, the way that they look at the Bible and everything that I was taught during Bible studies, they're like, this is here. This is why we believe this. This is why we believe this. And it just suddenly, it made sense to me. And it was something that really was different than any other church that I had been to. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I think for me, uh, my thing, my journey wasn't necessarily studying other religions, but it was just reconfiguring or, or rediscovering what I believe and, and, and rediving back into those beliefs and questioning them and, and asking the question, are these satisfactory, right? Are these really the principles I want to live by? And ultimately, I decided to become a Seventh-day Adventist. I was born and raised in it. Um, and I decided to get baptized when I was 14, but really I didn't question everything, uh, until I was about 17, 18 years old. And, uh, you know, what I've realized is, uh, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist because I can't go anywhere else, uh, and expect to find the, the beliefs that I have, right? Uh, there are certain, it's not necessarily that Adventism holds unique beliefs that no one else holds. It's simply the arrangement of those beliefs that are. So I like, for example, State of the Dead and the Sabbath and uh, are two big ones that you can go to Seventh-day Baptists that keep Saturday Sabbath, but they're Baptist. So State of the Dead uh, is a no-go there as far as in, a, in disagreement, right? So there's no other faith community that I can go to and call home where I'll find the beliefs that I would resonate with and people that, uh, that, that I can converse with in this way. Um, I'm not necessarily looking for an echo chamber necessarily, but you do want a place to call home. And so that, that was it. Like for what I believe, Adventism is the thing that, that is the expression of faith that makes the most sense for me. There is nowhere else to go. And what I discovered is uh, one of the big things for me that I've always wrestled with, and we can talk about this, is uh, the way that other people act. Uh, whether it's pastors that abuse their authority, whether it's teachers or, or professors or just other Christians in general, right? Uh, inside or outside of Adventism, the way that people behave uh, sometimes has made me think like, yeah, I don't want to associate with these people. But I realized like, if I stopped being a Seventh-day Adventist, I would still be a Seventh-day Adventist. <laughs> I could take my membership off the books if I wanted to, but I would still believe what I believe. And so there's no point in me going anywhere else. Uh, this is home for me. And I think the other thing that, that, that helped me wrestle with that was uh, remembering that people aren't perfect. And I think it speaks to the sovereignty of God that he can work through imperfect people to make his perfect plan possible and, and, and happen. Uh, so those, I just wanted to kind of bring full resolution to why I, I, I'm there. But that's been my journey. Um, so how have you guys wrestled with uh, seeing uh, other Christians or other Adventists uh, kind of making a mockery of the faith, right? Or, 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 or not living up to it, being hypocrites. How do you, uh, how do you wrestle with that? Um, 
you know, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's so true. I think uh, some of the, we, we've done ourselves the most injustices to our own faith. <laughs> yes. Uh, we are our own greatest enemy uh, with it. You know, uh, again, like you said, I'm, I'm an Adventist. I heard a pastor once say, because there's no place in this book that we're afraid to go. Uh, mm. You'll go to other faiths and they'll say, oh, that's Old Testament. And, you know, we, we stick in the New Testament or this is the law. We don't do, you know, and, and, I, and, and that resonates with me. And, and I can say that's why I'm an Adventist. Like you said, this is the last house on the block for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, do I get frustrated with sometimes the, the, the way we are misrepresented, not just as Adventists, but as Christians as a whole? Absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons why I'm an Adventist is because of the teachings on, you know, the destruction of the wicked and things mm, like that. You yeah. know? Uh, I believe God's a God of mercy. He's a God of love. He's not going to be torturing people for all eternity. And yet, think about it, almost, um, you know, many Sundays, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are being told that God is the type of God who who's just going to just torture people for all eternity. So we are and tend to be some of our own um, greatest enemies in the sense where we've misrepresented things. And, and then also, we, we, we tend to take culture and, and elevate it to a level of doctrine and teaching, you know. And, and if you study and you see why people left the church, um, it, it's almost never because of what we believe as a church doctrinally. It's almost always a cultural thing that just they were not loved the way they should have been loved, or uh, we made an issue out of something that God didn't make an issue out of and in the Bible. And so I think that's so key is let's stick with the script, and even though culture is a good thing, let's not elevate it to the point where it is, it is and that's where I feel like we've, we've lost a lot of people. Um, and yeah. uh, we started requiring things that even God did not require. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we've we've put uh, it's it's uh, like Adam and Eve when when uh, when the serpent says, uh, "Did God not tell you that, uh, if you can eat?" And she says, "We can't eat or even touch of it, lest we'll die." And the original commandment was just don't eat it. Um, sometimes we add to God's word and then we try to keep it as that. And all it takes is someone to disprove the addition and we'll think that it, that God's word was disproved or they'll think that God's word was disproved because we added something extra. And, uh, so can resonate with that. Definitely. Uh, and Rachel, what about you? Any thoughts here? Yeah, I know. Um, coming into the church, it was, I had kind of opposition both within the church with Adventists and outside because my parents aren't Adventists. I'm the only one in my family. And the first Adventists, honestly, I was exposed to were rather unkind to me. And it wasn't, it wasn't a motivator to stay. I stayed because God was working on my heart very heavily. And um, I, think, I think I really started identifying as a Seventh-day Adventist maybe three months into attending the church mm-hmm. when I started, when I was filling out job applications. And they're like, what time can you work? And so I had to, that was kind of a moment when I had to make that decision. I'm like, okay, if this is going to be something that I'm going to take seriously, the Sabbath is a pretty big first step. Yeah. And uh, my mom, don't get me wrong, I love my mom, but she was like, if you put that you don't want to work Friday and Saturdays, you're not going to get hired anywhere. And that was a big problem because I didn't really have much work experience at the time. Um, and so it was, it was discouraging um, trying to find a job and not having the support at home with this very new thing in my life. Um, but God still 
he worked on my heart and I found a job anyway mm-hmm. and and it worked out so yeah. I think uh one of the one of the pitfalls uh, that we've fallen into, and, and and I get why we fell into it, right? There's there's this verse that says, uh, I think it's in John that you know they will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. And what we what we say is we are the the representation of God on earth, right? People look to us uh, to see God manifested through His people, and at some point, like that that serves as a great introduction to faith, right? Looking at people as an example can be sometimes a great introduction to faith. Someone. Uh, taught you something or loved you differently, and and you experience God through that. Uh, but at some point, then we didn't make the transition to tell them, okay, stop looking at people now. Look at God, right? Uh, Hebrews one twelve. Let's run the race, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And um, and and so what happens is people have begun to look at culture and look at people as uh, they're a representation of who God is instead of looking at God. And uh, we've put people in the place of God. And we didn't mean to, and we had good intentions behind it. Um, but I think it is important at some point when you've, when you've entered the faith, regardless of how you entered it, that at some point your eyes switch from people to God, that your eyes are fixed on God. You're all running the race together. And anytime you fall, if your eyes are fixed on God or anytime someone else falls around you, then it's, that's not going to hurt your faith. If anything, you're going to be more understanding uh, because you've tripped too. <laughs> uh, turns out keeping your eyes uh, fixed on Jesus can be hard sometimes. And uh, I think as Peter learned when he was walking on water, <laughs> uh, it can be scary when you do take your eyes off of him. But it gives you, when he steps in and saves you, uh, there is new perspective gained. And I think, uh, I, I, I just, I've seen that as a pitfall. I wanted to bring it up because maybe there is someone who is looking at people uh, and thinking, I don't want anything to do with, uh, what is, is it, I forget who, who the quote is by, but I like your, uh, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. Is it, it's not Gandhi, is it? I don't, I don't remember who, mm-hmm. is it Gandhi? Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where sometimes Christians are the best or worst representation of who God is. Um, okay. So for someone else who's thinking, uh, I, I, I don't know, if I'm Seventh-day Adventist, I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with these beliefs. Uh, what do you think are the most important ones that you kind of need to uh, need to somewhere, you know, settle on to say, okay, I can start identifying this way? Where, where, where do you begin there? I think for me, I first and foremost identify as a Christian. I think that's the fundamental thing that yes. I have mm-hmm. to identify with. Yes. I do know Adventists who I believe, and I'm not trying to judge or anything, but I've, I've, I've encountered them in ministry who identify more as Adventists than Christians. Uh, and I think we have to have that foundation of connecting with Christ, and he has to be our motivation and, and that full gospel. Um, and, then, and then the Adventist part comes next. Um, and the reason I'm an Adventist, I, you know, I believe some of those fundamental teachings, um, you know, I am a Adventist rather than a Baptist because of the teaching on state of the dead and, and the destruction of the wicked and, and the Sabbath, you know, and the importance of there. You know, for me, that just is, is a much more holistic approach to God. I see it in Scripture. It's there. And so for me, that's, those are some of the big ones. Um, diet is, is an important one in the sense of being healthier but not holier, Yes. Um, I'm no holier because I eat this or don't eat that, but God loves me. He wants me to live an abundant life. And if I could add 10 years to my life, 
by eating better, then praise the Lord. That's a great thing. But I think there along the line, because some of our differences we have kind of uh, made holy and, and kind of made it to where, you know, we're better than other people. I'm no better than anyone else. Adventists are no better than any other church. Uh, we've just been blessed to, to have an understanding of scripture that I believe God wants us to share with the rest of the world. It doesn't make us better. It just gives us more responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and I think Adventism, uh, is the most equipped, uh, to, to talk about equality in that way. I mean, we have, uh, when you talk about the belief of the Sabbath, built into the Sabbath is one of the greatest equalizers in all of Scripture. You don't work, but also your servants don't work. Everyone's on the level playing field here. Uh, and, and so there is this idea that for an Adventist to say, I'm better than anyone else, it's almost... Uh, it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't register. It, it's not harmonious with any of our beliefs, uh, because we do believe in that great equalizer that is uh, the Sabbath. Uh, so that that's huge. I, I uh, well, here let's go, Rachel. Any any <laughs> thoughts here? What makes someone a Seventh Day Adventist? Um, well, like I said, for me, the first big one was the Sabbath, and while it was, I guess, it was confusing at the beginning. It's something that I'm very thankful for now, <laughs> um, and. Um, you know, to someone who is struggling with that, it's like, why do I believe? What do I believe? Um, in a way, I consider that healthy because it means that you're thinking and you're not yes. just, you know, believing something because your parents told you to or this is what you heard sitting in church. You're actually, you know, considering your faith and, you know, making it your own, building a relationship with God for yourself, um, which is what I had to do. And so I think, I think questioning is a good opportunity for Bible study and to learn more and to ask questions. Cause I don't think anyone in any denomination should just, you know, you know, just sit there and accept it because someone else told you to. Yeah. I think, and I, and I think another, another kind of point that we're making here is that uh, Seventh-day Adventist or Seventh-day Adventism is really a label. In other words, when, when, when we're talking about identifying as a Seventh-day Adventist, we're not saying your identity is in your Adventism. And, and Richard, you said, first and foremost, I'm a Christian. In other words, uh, first and foremost, my identity is in Christ. Mm-hmm. It's just that the way that that's lived out in my life lines up the most with Adventism, right? The way that that is expressed the most and lived out the most. So I don't think anyone here is is advocating for putting your identity in your Adventism, because then you're putting your identity in something that is never intended to be the fullest expression of who you are. Uh, instead, it's just a way of association. I think uh, denominational labels like that can sometimes help us just narrow in and see who are the people that are walking alongside me on the journey, who are people that are running in the same lane as me in faith in, in, in this race uh, that I can connect with and encourage, and they can encourage me. Uh, so this is, you know, really when we say, can I call myself a Seventh-day Adventist? I mean, uh, I think it's built into the name. <laughs> uh, seventh day, uh, believing that, that the seventh day is Saturday. Uh, and then Adventist, uh, Adventist, which is, you know, the Advent, that Jesus is coming back, which, yes, that means that there are some ideas that are presupposed in there. Jesus came a first time. There's a reason he came. Absolutely. But I think, uh, I, I will say this. I don't think you can be an Adventist, I don't think, uh, without Jesus first. Uh, I think you can identify culturally as an Adventist. I think anyone who's born and raised an Adventist can only identify culturally until the moment they make that decision for themselves. Uh, I was born. I love the way you phrase it. I was born into Adventism, uh, and I was raised in Adventism, but I wasn't 
you know, I wasn't an Adventist until I made that decision for myself. And, and so that's huge. Uh, as we kind of wind down here, do you guys have any final thoughts on this or encouragement to someone who might be in that boat of trying to figure out who they are, uh, where they identify, and, 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 or maybe struggling with their own identity within Adventism? I, I think absolutely. I, I would just encourage anyone who is kind of maybe experiencing a little bit of an identity crisis, do I belong, do I not belong, to, to you know, as Rachel shared, and Rachel's story really just reminds me how important it is to just stick with um, God brought you there for a reason, and he wants you to be there. And the best thing for Adventism is the individual's who who are going to make that place a safe place for people to grow in Christ. It's mm-hmm. for people who are going to counter kind of the the tendency for us as, as Adventists um, to elevate the cultural aspect of Adventism to this certain level. And so we need the, we need the church to be a safe place where people can grow in Christ. So your questions are welcome. You know your um, your your experience is vital. And, and I would just encourage anyone to just, um, you know, give it, give it plenty of time. Yeah. It's not, while it's a race, the the race, uh, the race uh, analogy is only meant to be that you are you are moving in a direction. It's not meant to be that you have to sprint or jog. It is it is not important that you get to the finish line first. It's just important that you get there at all. Uh, so thank you for that, Rachel. What about you? I think you put it really well, Ryan. It's um, it shouldn't be, you know, a label. It should be, you know, almost a like a standard that you hold yourself to. Like I believe this because of this reason, and this is how I'm going to act because of it. Because there's a lot of Adventists out there that, you know, don't carry themselves in a very Christ-like way, and they'll do and say certain things because I'm an Adventist. And there's a lot of Adventists on, it's a much wider spectrum than people (laughs) really believe. Um, So I don't think there's, it's one label that you can just slap on somebody and say, this is what it is, because it's not. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for your input today and, and your, uh, your sharing your experiences as well. Uh, I, I, this conversation was super encouraging for me. Uh, I hope it was for you too as well. So thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. We hope the same for you. Uh, we want to thank uh, Southern Adventist University for hosting us and allowing us to record season two of Echo here. And if you want to engage with uh, any other Project Refresh content, you can head on over to theprojectrefresh.org. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.